course, it's you and I today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, actually. I'm very good for multiple reasons, because it has confirmed that Gunji, my favorite Jedi, has survived Order 66. A lot of you may not know what that means. You don't need to. It's okay. I'm happy, though. Well, you should go watch Star Wars Clone Wars. Oh, it's just so good. Daniel, if you're you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Go watch Star Wars Clone Wars. Daniel, how could you? How where is the series? The series, not the movie. Just to be clear. That's that. That's Attack of the Clones. No, no, but they had the Star Wars Clone Wars movie. Well, there's the the two part animated one. Yeah, from mm-hmm. 2003. Yes, yes. That's yeah. not bad, actually. You know what? It, it does really well. That I don't think Clone Wars does well. What's that? Uh, portraying Grievous. He is Ooh, a legitimate. He's actually very scary in it. He's he is very scary. He's great in it. When in Filoni's Clone Wars, he's a bit of a meme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you want to open the show with? Adam, you put it on Twitter. You, you, you fed it to me Friday, th- Thursday night. You fed it to me Thursday night. What did I say on Thursday? They won. Oh, because God, <laughs> God, yeah. J. Cole. I, uh, like, I feel God. like I love <laughs> I, I Listen, you said it, not me. Um, but I, th- I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, they won. And I just, I just, it's awesome. Well, Nighthawk, Nighthawks, we'll wait open the season. I'm a company um, man, you know? Of course, top man, top man. Um, exactly. There's going to be Star Wars talk later, but unfortunately, we need to talk about hockey first. Um, but Daniel's not here because he's he's doing some stuff for his sister's birthday, so we don't know who, I, I just really, do you know her name? No, I'm not sure. Okay, I don't feel as bad now for not knowing, but uh, happy birthday to Daniel's sister. You know what? His parents planned it out really well because it's so close to his birthday. They nailed that. <laughs> Maybe they didn't carry the 10 over because it was a few days well, late, so like a week, week or two afterwards, but they tried. That's they the tried. Thing. They tried. They tried. So yeah, we're, we're, we're to, as promised, to, or at the end of the show, we're going to talk about Kenobi, the first two episodes. They were great. So they were, happy. They were great. Um, but some stuff to open the show. First off, Sammy Vatten is a gold medalist. I am so happy. Team Finland, like 20, no, more like 40 minutes ago, beat Cannon the world's finals for anyone yeah. who was like oh the wars are going on same uh so that happened armia was good but sammy vatanen you know who the captain of team finland was joel armia no 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 uh, okay. i didn't know this guy was still playing because i guess he left the nhl valtteri filpula yeah wow yeah he is still exactly. around mm-hmm. surprised he's not in edmonton i was gonna say that or or it was detroit the islanders had him for a while well edmonton because of ken holland Exactly. Miko yeah. Lettinen was on that team too today. And I was wow. like, oh, yeah. The NHL references. Yeah, man. I mean, it, who cares about, about Haskinen? Harry Sateri, I think, was the backup goalie. But just disappointing for Canada. But Sammy Vatanen, the hats put out a, a picture of Armia celebrating. Yeah. And in the picture, Sammy Vatanen's there. And I was like, I wanted this. They did Maybe that if they had you. signed Vatanen, they would have beat Tampa. Probably not, but. <laughs> Let me they, dream. They did that for uh, I will. They, they, they did, knew. They did. They did that for you. The admin knew. I was so happy. Yeah. I I forgot the Batman was around, and I saw his I saw his jersey. And went, oh, for oh, Sammy! Right. He's playing. He'll probably wow. be in the NHL next year. He better yeah. be. I mean, he. I hope. Right. And if you're trading Petrie, you need a cheap replacement. Go get Sammy Batman. I'd like There's that. over a, a point per game in Switzerland this year. Do not go over. Do not give Chris Letang too much, too many, like too many years. Go get Sammy Vatten in on the cheap, please. 
I've been yelling about that for like three years. Let's just let's give him a chance. Oh goodness, Alex. There's a lot going on. My dog's barking. Good, about bad, it. the ugly. There is definitely some bad and ugly. You know what? Then let's because a lot of this episode is a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Let's get what is the more difficult stuff to talk about. And let's, you know, let's, let's bring that up first. Uh, And that is um, Rick Westhead, believe it or not, who else um, tweeted about a settlement that has been reached between a victim um, and a suit that involved uh, hockey candidate and that alleging, and this is before I keep going, I should say, uh, what's the term trigger warning? Cause a lot of this is not easy to talk about. I believe the term you would probably say is, adult subject very difficult stuff to talk about um because this woman is is i shouldn't say woman but it, she is alleging that uh eight members and the verbiage is kind of mixed up here eight chl players that were not limited to limited to a former world junior team team canada um sexually assaulted her um now this is a topic that uh, we, for obvious reasons, have to be very careful the way we talk about this. Um, we can't sit here and spend half an hour dissecting it like we did with the Kyle Beat stuff um, for numerous reasons. We don't know the names of these players. I think so far, Kale McCarr, who was on that team, but obviously is not a C, was not a CHL player. Mm-hmm. His agent has confirmed that he is not one of those players but he coordinated with the investigation because I obviously people are, are worried. Like, am I cheering for someone who could have been involved with this? Someone that's alleged of committing pure evil, in my opinion. Um, actually, I don't think it's an opinion that if they are, if they did what they alleged have been doing, I, I, I don't think there was a word to describe how awful that is. Yeah. Um, we don't know the players. People are going over Instagram pictures and no, mm. no. Um, because you, that's not how legal proceedings work. Through court, nothing was, there was no guilty verdict or anything. There was a settlement reached. We don't know all the, the claims and all that. Um, first and foremost, you always want to believe survivors because there were idiots on Twitter saying certain things and it's, you don't want to give them any sort of fuel of the fire. But you hope that the survivor is, th- listen, the details in the Rick Westhead report are very difficult to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and the details are just gruesome. Uh, I want to say I hope this person is okay and they're getting help, but um, I just don't know if this is. It was mentioned on Hockey Night in Canada and the Thirty Two Thoughts, but they're sort of holding out because they want to get more details about it. But um, we're going to continue talking about this. Excuse me, as the details come out, it's just at the moment we wanted to bring it up, mention that it is out there. We are going to talk about it. It's just. Um, like what? 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 Can, what else can we say right now, Alex? It's, it's horrible. Um. Well, I'm. Mean, yeah. It, it. It's horrible, and I don't think there's. I. I don't know what else to say other than what you said. Um. About the incident itself, but, I mean, I feel like I, I've ran through this point before, and I feel like I should go through it. I feel like it's a good time to go through it again. Um. Obviously, you mentioned it was Rick Westhead. Surprise, surprise on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think, you know, yes, they mentioned it on on 32 Thoughts um, on the Saturday Night Broadcast. That's 
great. That's beyond what they did for Kyle Beach. But now that they want to wait until more comes out, how do you think Rick Westhead is doing his reporting? Right. Like I think what I'm, what I'm the point I'm trying to make is Rick Westhead's doing this reporting. Nothing is stopping the other big guys in hockey from also doing this reporting. So it's Mm. great. I'm very well aware the playoffs are going on right now, but if I'm being Frank, the playoffs do not matter when it comes when it compares to this story, it, it, the beach stuff took a back seat in the playoffs as it went on last year. No, I, I think we and, can all agree that it did. And, and at the time of it happening um, too. Right. Yeah. Also but, very true. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Um, so again, obviously I, I, there's, I, I'm, there's no point in going through and speculating on names. I don't think that makes sense from our standpoint. Um but I will say, again, this is a grade A opportunity for the media who, during Kyle Be- the Kyle Beach um, conversation, for the most part, failed to properly talk about it. They now have a grade A opportunity to report and to talk about this incident or incidences. I want more more details here because obviously, apparently, the victim claimed that Team Canada weren't investigating it, but they've said otherwise. I, I want to find. I need. I need details here. Um, obviously, yeah. The, the thing of here's the worst thing that can happen here is, uh, well, no, the worst things happen unfortunately, or it is alleged to be said. Um, but the the worst thing you want to do is then you look at that exact roster and. The NHL then sort of said they were all world junior players, which Rick Westhead's report was saying that it could have just been CHL players and some of them as part of that world junior team. So I, 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 I'd like to know, is the NHL kind of off there or is Rick? I, it, I find it for either of them being off there very difficult. You can say what you want about the NHL. I mean, I like to think they're a little particular with details, especially like I, I saw people saying stuff like the NHL have to, they can't sweep this one under the rug too, which I, I, I'm not seeing people wrong in saying that, but I think people were a little confused here that this, again, if these players are in the NHL, then I think the league need to do something about it. I don't know exactly what you can, again, I don't know because if nothing was proved in court, I don't know what you can do unless NHL contracts have a specific behavior, bad attention. Like we talked about with the, the Arizona Coyotes, that sort right. of misbehavior type clause. But I think what I just, I'm not trying to say people are dumb here, but I think people also need to realize this wasn't an NHL event. I'm not saying they don't need to do anything, but this was a team Canada sort of more double. I, I think it was a, it was a, it was a, some sort of charitable, like maybe like a golf tournament or something. So I just, I just, cause I think some people think that this was an NHL event I just like, I, I, I think we need to make sure we have all the details right here, mm-hmm. but the league, if there are players here and people are saying that there were certain players that are now Blackhawks, which we don't know confirmed, but you got to think about like that. If you're the Blackhawks, for example, if all they've been in like headlines the past year, mm-hmm. I can't imagine if the names come out and there is nothing done, all hell has to be broken onto this league because there is, 
there is they were so quiet with the beat stuff, and there was a fine to the Blackhawks, and that was it. The Coyotes got more crap for illegally testing, making kids do push-ups in, in shorts. It was, it was awful, right? It was ridiculous. The league, I don't know exactly what they can do here, but whatever it is, they they cannot mishandle this. It, it, this, no. this cannot happen again. No, I, and I think you're you're spot on with that. And I think I think everyone's looking at the league, but I think what who we should also be looking at, and probably more so than the NHL itself, um, is Hockey Canada. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, that's a very good point. I know we all want to. I think a lot of the times, because of their history, we like to continuously look at the NHL, and there's. All, there's the 99.9% of the time they absolutely deserve it. They absolutely mm-hmm. deserve to be the center of attention, but based on what the, what details we currently have, I think a lot more eyes should be pointed or should be looking at, sorry, hockey Canada. And I guess the CHL too, if we're, we're going to include them in this, I know they were a main part of uh, the settlement as well. They would have to have found out because obviously it's their players. Mm-hmm. But then, like this is this was I think it was the seventeen eighteen World Junior Team. Yeah, yeah, because the two thousand seven teams was silver, but this one was gold because I think I, I obviously like this is like a notable World Junior Team. I believe Carter Hart was on it. I'm not saying that these are obviously players who I think were did it, but I just some of the names we mentioned: Kale McCarr, uh, Alex Formanton's on this team, Drake Batherson, I believe, is on that team. I have uh, so there are significant players here. So also besides just the league itself, I'm curious. I want to know what timeline. Unless I miss this, Alex. When was this suit filed? Because in that case, you also have to be concerned about the teams who had. If these are drafted players, which normally, when can the World Junior Team, they basically normally all are. How have those teams handled it? individually with a player that's also something i i i need to know is how have those organizations handled it i am just going through his document his sorry westhead story now yeah um i don't see a date of when it was filed It's, it's all about when the incident happened right yeah but there's quite a few guys who are in the NHL, which about I'd say the majority of them have been in the NHL. And I think one oh, yeah. guy who was in the NHL at the time. And that would have been Victor Mete because he remember right. he was playing and then he, they, they loaned him mm-hmm. in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But like the majority of this team, Played in has played in the NHL. If yes, yeah, pretty much. It, it is a notable team. It it's really extremely is. notable. You so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, and we're going to keep talking about it as more stuff comes out. But again, um, you hope to God that the victim and all this is or survivors. Sometimes a, a better term to use is okay. Uh, I can never imagine what an experience like that. Is I, I would it's difficult to read, but I would encourage reading the West Head stuff that article because uh, the guy continues to do great work with this this kind of stuff, and you know he's got the balls to report this these more difficult stories. And I got all the respect in the world for Rick Westhead, um, yeah. like a model journalist. Okay, um, 
it, it is, again, as we say, a difficult turn to make, but um, from here, we're going to talk about the playoffs and everything going on and previewing some of round three. Uh, we're missing one team in the puzzle, and that's because the Rangers and the Hurricanes are going to seven tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a look at uh, Jason Spezza, who retired, obviously. Some stuff about the Canadians, uh, mainly just talking about how the Combines tomorrow and the Habs are going to be with uh, Shane Wright. So I think from here, Alex. Oh, and then obviously then we're going to talk about Kenobi. Um, so I think first we should mention is uh, the Colorado Avalanche. I'm saying this because I'm a little biased here. I do love the Avalanche. Excuse if you can hear a motorcycle or something. It's very difficult. Uh, the St. Louis Blues... I felt they were they did a good job of sticking in this series, but I don't think they ever really deserved to win it. Um, and I'm not just saying from the off-ice stuff here, but I think I think St. Louis were kind of lucky to make it to six. Um, but anyway, game six, with a few seconds left on the board, Darren Helm scores, and the Avs win. They get past the second round finally. Over the for hump them. for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, and I think that's like, you know, you know how you were talking about it with, um, I believe the Leafs, where you're saying if they make it fat past the first round, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yeah, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if you could kind of say the same thing with this team, with with the Avalanche, in a way, because it's it's been their hump, um, and man, like. I don't know. I thought the series was one for them in, in, in game five. I, I thought going into game six, I thought they had it to be honest. If I'm being completely honest myself, I thought the momentum going into game six was very much on the avalanche's side. See McKinnon was so good in game five, like that goal, the Hatcher goal he scored was, I was speechless watching it. I wish I could pull off in between the legs goals as well as McKinnon can when we play NHL, but alas, <laughs> um, it wasn't quite enough. But in that game, I thought going into game six, McKinnon was going to be unstoppable. I, I, but I didn't think Darren Helm would be the guy, um, but that's just, that's what the playoffs is, right? It's just, right. you expect the stars with all of a sudden here comes, remember one of those second round series that the Avs lost, or yeah, I think it was the second round uh, was against Dallas. I think was it Vegas that Dallas beat in the conference finals? Again, I was I had my jaw surgery, so I don't remember. No, that in the, the year they went, well. the year they went to the cup. Yeah, the cup. I but they beat Winnipeg in the conference finals. Did they? I'm pretty sure. Dallas did. No, Vegas did. Vegas. Vegas did. Okay. Wouldn't that so been, I, I thought it was Vegas. Sorry, which year? Which year are you talking? The about? year Dallas went to the final. Sorry. Oh yes, I believe it was Vegas. Because so the reason Vegas I, I ba- it. Vegas beat Vancouver, and then they had the hibby jibbies because of Thatcher Demko. Okay, so the, the point I make is because in that Avalanche Star series, remember yeah. the legend of Joel Kivirenta? Yes. And I think Hutchinson was in that for the Avalanche. It was a whole thing, but I'm um, aware. Listen, I I look at a series where we're going to talk about Edmonton Calgary in a second because the Battle of Alberta was just as manic as I thought we all thought it was going to be. Hope we wanted more games, but Jacob Markstrom and the Flames said uh, no. Yeah, that's enough fun for you. Um, Jeez Louise! But I am so excited to see McKinnon versus McDavid. I I am. I feel like McDavid listened to me say that McKinnon was better (laughs) in those playoff runs. And he's like, all right, yeah, I took this personally. 
He first first round, he's like, okay, whatever. Phil Denobe, defensive, not get out of here. Second round, cap sees me saying the Flames are going to wipe the floor with the get out of here. He's actually coming after me personally. He's is what McDavid's took, doing. Yeah, he he really is, and I think that's going to be such an um, interesting series, just because like, oh man, that is going to be. That's going to be really fast. I think that's going to be like a, despite just everyone's going to be beat up, but like, I just think that's going to be a super fast series. Like you look at McDavid and I mean, Drexel is barely, barely hanging on here, but he's still showing up. Um, it's just going to be super fast and I'm very excited for it. It's, it's funny that a lot, big problem that that flame series was the flames almost were like every time they dubs the pumpkin, it was Smith. When we talked about a Smith, just breaking it up. Yeah. I don't think the abs are going to be that much shooken by that because they feel like to me, a, a team that we know how good they are on the rush, but like, it feels like, and maybe this is going to be a little less effective because Sam Girard's out, but obviously McCarr is pretty damn good, but the abs are really good at actually carrying the puck in themselves on break-ins or as own entries, I should say, sorry. Um, so I'm, I'm interesting to see how Woodcroft adapts to that. Also, I am very interested to see what they do the abs that against Mike Smith. I I still have that concern. But I, I think it's I think it's always gonna be a concern. And I know there's people who are gonna say, well, hasn't he proved himself? Sure. But I think there's a track record of at any point it he can fall off. Yep. Right. Um, and he's 40. And I think that's reasonable to say. I think it's, I mean, like if he's a four, how many 40 year old goalies uh, are consistent like Burke. that? Hey, yeah, yeah. Not, not many. And right? Daniel would say something about bird but <laughs> no, no, Daniel. Um, and I think that Colorado can just come at you wave after wave, after wave, after wave. And I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be tiring. Like Colorado, I think this year is probably the deepest team in the league forward. wise, forward depth wise? Uh, I think the, well, the Panthers, I think had a deeper forward core, but we saw the, what happened there. Right. Okay. But in the West, fine. Fair. Oh in yeah. The in West, the West, they're definitely. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Maybe Especially the once flame, they got like in, I thought that right. Like maybe you can look at the flames, but. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I the flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But then the flame. That's the only other team. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know what's going to happen in this series. I have a feeling I know what's going to happen in this series, but that's for another, that's for another day. <laughs> I, I would assume, by the way, it's pretty easy to say that McDavid is obviously the, 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 if he, if the Oilers win, he's the Con Smythe winner. Or do you give it to Markstrom? Because the Oilers would never have done it without him. Oh. So listen, listen. Do they okay, if they make it to the final? Yeah. And you let's say they let's say Edmonton loses in the final. Yeah. Is it still McDavid's? Are they playing Tampa? Mm-hmm. No. Because Vasilevsky. Okay. Right. Vasilevsky, I think, is the only guy in the way of Connor getting a consummate. A hundred percent. If it's any other team but Tampa, it's Connor McDavid. Yeah, yeah, I Agreed. think so. Agreed. He has been unreal. It, it's it's 100%. been a joy to watch, absolute joy to watch. Okay, uh, and we'll talk about 
the blues in a second, because I think the goaltending and how that's going to be in the future is a big topic. Uh, So when we look at the flames, first off, uh, I think we can agree. It sucks that the, the way we record, we're either great for some new stuff and we're late for others. Like we are, because of the time we record, we are obviously late after the Flames got eliminated. So I don't know how interested people are hearing our thoughts on the Coleman goal. I thought it should have counted. Did you? Do you? Do you think it should have counted? Did you think? It's 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 so weird. Yeah, I so originally I thought it, it, it should have counted, right? Okay. You know, I think based on like other kicking motion goals we've seen in the past. Oh, I thought yeah. that's, that's a clear goal Yeah, where it becomes interesting for me is when I, I was hearing, I think it was BXA, Kevin BXA, who was talking about it. Uh, the, the player's perspective on it, where they, it was like, Oh, you know, Coleman's kind of just tricking us into thinking he's not kicking it into the net, which again, I, I would believe, but Again, I just think this the rule is so so stupid. Like I just can we just like clarify everything? Like I like we've been talking about that for like since episode 1 of this podcast. Can we just clarify every rule cuz I feel like time and time a, again we're having this conversation. If I'm a GM or a player this offseason, I'm saying, "Listen, we need to figure out goaltender interference." Mm-hmm. And we need to figure out the kicking stuff because those have been two very big problems this year. And there were a few year. offsides, but like, yeah, yeah. But like the offsides, I feel like with the plane edit, it's been a little better. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like it, it's it's the kicking stuff is getting really dumb. I thought it should have counted. I don't it seems to be a lot of former players say that it shouldn't have counted. It was going in to me. I thought it listen, let's get this out the way. The flames did not deserve to win that series. Oh, 100%. No, I, I, that's, that was irrelevant. It may have cost them the game. I'm willing to think that maybe they would have shut it down. I know it was a wild series, and there was no such thing as a one-and-done goal. It was always a series, a flurry of goals, some might say. Um, but I, I just look at it, and I think, did they get screwed that game? Yeah. I saw Will say that him and his brothers were, or his brother, I think he said, was debating what was worse, that or the Game 7 goal against Tampa when they were into the finals. I would say the finals no matter what because it's the finals but like the flame like markstrom in game i think it was four i don't think he was actually that bad i thought the defensive coverages were awful but game five the mcdavid series winning goal i thought was very bad like i thought that was soft it's just we all kind of say hey mcdavid did it got him passed gets the ot winner that sends the oilers to the final four we you know we but i thought the markstrom goal was was not i will say I hinted at it earlier. I was extremely wrong about this series. I said <laughs> that the Flames were going to destroy the Oilers, and boy, do I look stupid. So does Wayne Gretzky. First round, he was perfect. Second round, he's not looking great. <laughs> not looking great, Wayne. <laughs> no, like, you know, the thing with the Oilers, and I think my thing with the Oilers is I just I don't know what to expect, it, I, I think, funny. is the thing. It, it, no, sorry. Mike Smith has like that, the Nylander effect where it's like 10 good games. And then the Tad, instead of Nylander going quiet for 10 games, Smith is awful. So here's the Noticeable. thing. If the Oilers just have like, you know, that thing of a goalie gets hot at the right time and he steals you a series. Right. Smith could have like one of his Smith series and they could win a cup. Because then McDavid just does it all. Now you can't shut down McDavid, but if you do, 
then the Oilers are kind of screwed because he's the only one scoring. And Evander Kane is part of that line, so I extend the leash to him as well. Not the leash, sorry. I put the, <laughs> the, the highlighter yeah. about that line goes the full spread of it. It's, it's crazy what happens when penalties get called against, like, for McDavid. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the Jets had no, no right. It's, it's crazy. Listen, I think they still would have won the series. I don't think Oilers get swept, obviously. No. But they were, that was a very flawed Oilers team. You got to remember now they obviously uh, yeah, have yeah. Hyman. They have no, no, I, I know, I know. Yeah. But still, again, I'm, I'm not giving credit to Evander Kane, but <sighs> his play style is, is good and he's a good player, but I don't like him, obviously. Man, that guy's going to get paid. Oiler, we're I know. Talk, we're going to talk. It's sickening. It's sickening. He does, <laughs> no, he does not deserve it. I know Oilers Twitter being like, ah, he's a great. No, he's not. It's crazy how that like perception changed where there was still, obviously, when he signed, there was that part of the fan base where it was, I don't want to say it was split 50 50 because I'm not entirely sure, but there was a portion of the fan base that wasn't a fan of that move. And there was a portion that was a fan. And so quick how uh, that portion that didn't like it kind of starting to shift. Put up a, it's crazy a what, it's crazy what success does. Mm, yeah. I, I just listen, man. He's like I said, it's not a surprise that he's on his best behavior, and it's not a surprise mm-hmm. he's playing well with McDavid. Those are the two least surprising things about these playoffs to me. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and and again, they're they're gonna do something dumb and keep him, but the, you know, great. Uh, it's so difficult because I'm like, I look at obviously cheer for McDavid, I'm cheering for Brett Kulak, but I just don't want to vandicate him with a cup. I don't want it to happen. It's okay. The Tampa Bay Lightning will stop it. Or Colorado. Or Colorado. Or Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for Nugent Hopkins, too, because the man has, like, a new coach every year. He, he has been through hell and back. Yeah, he has. Just with the Oilers. <sighs> I like him. I like Nugent Hopkins. I like him. Some people joke uh, the Habs are going to get to draft, and Nugent Hopkins is number one. I'm like, I'll take it. It's a good player. Good player. You know, I like him. If they can just Does develop him properly, family, then it'll be better. But we'll see. Does he have a good family, though? Uh, I would assume. Chain Wright? Or yeah. I does he? I don't, so, know. I don't know. I actually listened to an interview with Scott Wheeler, who's on the support athletic. Yeah. Love that pod. Um, and Blake Wheeler. Oh, he didn't go. Not Blake Wheeler. Scott Wheeler. Scott. It went, went into a lot of good stuff about Chain Wright. I don't think he so much talked about his family, but it sounds good. <laughs> It was just a Mike Babcock. I know, I know. Just to be clear. Uh, From a good family. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean? Frankie Corrado's great. Um, Do you think... uh, We talked about Markstrom. Okay. The Flames. So, looking also at Calgary. I mean, let's just be honest. They blew it. Like, they actually... See, the Battle of Alberta to me was worth it. Like, it was everything we wanted. But it was... There wasn't as much violence as maybe I would have personally liked. But the scoring and the insanity of... Goals from the other side of the ice and and uh, and just these scoring changes and all it was an insane series. They absolutely blew it. I think you're right, a hundred percent on on that. And I don't know. I I enjoyed watching the Battle of Alberta. I just wish it went to seven games. Like I, I think that's the only thing I, I I'd have to complain. I feel like I feel like Game Seven Battle of Alberta would have been nuts. Like in every aspect. Yeah, well, too bad. Uh, Calgary blew their load on the Dallas Stars and they, Michael Rapp. They really did. Like, uh, that's it's so disappointing. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm necessarily surprised um, 
by Edmonton. I think they have it. They had it in them. It's just all everything had to click, and it did. And yeah. it did a hundred percent and credit to them for that, for making everything click from the coaching to the goaltending to the defense and, and McDavid just being McDavid. Yeah. Um, and it was just disappointing from Calgary's perspective. Cause you know, they had such a good regular season and I mean, playing Dallas, despite what everyone says, I think two, two or three years ago showed that they're always they're going to be a problem to play against just the way they play just the players yep. they have they're yep. going to be a problem to play against um and to me every time i watched the flames in edmonton it just felt like the flames were trying to play edmonton's game and and, and that's going to fail not that this roster can I, I just don't think the roster is built in that that way to to keep up with the speed of the Oilers. Uh, there's a lot wrong with, listen, I, first off, Ottinger, I think just may have ruined Calgary's psyche a bit. Uh, I, I thought at the end of the day, if, if, if Markstrom was just a little better, not 860, we have a different series. It felt like more than just the Flames do. And listen, there's a lot wrong. I, I at least think of a lot of individuals on the Flames as playoffs. But the big thing with me is just Markstrom. Just uh, I think that's the number one reason they lost is Markstrom. Like, listen, now listen. I thought Johnny Goudreau maybe had a monkey off his back when he got that game seven winner against Dallas. But then he fizzled in the second round. Matthew Kachuk was. I have been so disappointed with Matthew Kachuk in these playoffs in general. I know people were speculating maybe his hand after the Michael Raffle fight. And I, I Michael Raffle was kind of like Freddy Krueger, I think, right now. It, it's just he keeps – he's stuck in – rent-free in Matthew Kachuk's mind right now. Like, why did you put yourself on Michael Raffle's level? You, you Go and send, like, Trevor Lewis after him. Why? Elan Lucic. Yeah, yeah, Milan. What else is Milan doing right now? Well, now, no, well, now they're all golfing. But I, just, <laughs> I think there was a lot wrong with Calgary in this series. They they somehow continue to disappoint. They really are lease of the West. They really are. Uh, and, and, and the thing with Kachuk, I, I just wanted to add. I felt like I didn't hear about him enough, and not in the the oh he scored a goal, he got an assist or points. It's when Matthew Kachuk tries to stir the pot we yep. hear about it i felt like after michael Ra- the, the michael raffle stuff i didn't hear about it, it it's kind of like uh you know remember obviously the the, the rivalry with cassian was a big point yeah you look at if only you know what i forgot about just until just now think of how fun that first round series against the kings would have been for matthew kachuk Oh, no. What am I thinking? They weren't even playing. Though. Never mind. I was going to say, imagine if we had a first round matchup with the, with the Flames and then you had Kachuk versus Dowdy. But that, sir, I think where my brain was going there, even though it was the Oilers, not the Flames, who played them. It was that like, that's the Kachuk we know. And I just don't think he was a rat bastard. You can still have a bad hit. Like, look at Dreisaitl. That's a great player. Kachuk was a hundred point player this year. And was just non-existent. So on that note, for the Flames, this is reported uh, uh, from Elliot Freeman, the Hockey Night in Canada. 
I'm not even going to say 32 thoughts. Huh? No, we're just going to say hockey night from now on. It's so much easier. Okay. Uh, he said that uh, obviously there are three big free agents coming out. That being Gujo as a UFA, then RFA being Kachuk and uh, uh, Andrew Mangiapane, who I have called Bread Boy in uh, the doc. Uh, apparently, uh, the Flames, according to Elliot, will start with Gujo and Kachuk. They'll go after them quickly and they'll be aggressive, which I'm sure the Kachuks here and go, ha, very good. <laughs> I, I, I think from a Flames perspective, I, I would try to get – if you're – okay, I don't want to insinuate that they don't want to bring Kachuk back, but I think you get the point. I can't wait to hear with, this. With, with Matthew Kachuk, I think you want to get this done as quickly and uh, just as quickly as possible because yep. the last thing I think that Calgary Flames need – from a from a from a PR standpoint, with their fans, is that is to have a, a Kachuk fest over the summer because and, and I don't blame them. I I I don't blame the Kachuks for this. You do whatever the hell you want. I don't yep. care. Get your money. Yep. Get your money. Talk in the media. Do whatever you want. It gives us stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> you do not need what happened with Brady Kachuk to happen with the Calgary flames. So I wonder if it's in the same breath as Brady, that once he signs a long-term deal, does Matthew become captain? Cause that's been the thing for years is that he would be the next guy after Giordano. Unless for some reason I have completely missed it and the flames have a new captain, but I don't think. No, no, they don't have a new captain, but that would make a hell of a lot of sense. Cause if that's the guy you're, like again, he's 24 years old. He's going to be 25 in December, but again, st- still relatively young. And that's a guy you can completely build around. Let's say if Johnny Goudreau does not come back, hypothetically. I think, I think I think we can both acknowledge he sees that Philadelphia are going to pay him all the money he wants. So yeah. speaking of money, does Matthew get more than Brady? Uh, just let me quick double check. Brady was in the eights. I believe so. Yes. Because he makes more than Nick Suzuki, which I always laugh at. <laughs> uh, he makes 8.2. I mean, I'd say That's a so. big number for top-line players, eh? Zabanajad and that. That's the same number we were talking about with Kadri. Yeah. A lot of 8 millions going around lately. A lot of them. Okay. I would say he gets more than Brady. I, I think he... Again, I, I think we know what Matthew Kachuk can be. And the issue is, is that when we needed him to, when the, sorry, when we, when the Flames needed him to be Matthew Kachuk, he wasn't Matthew Kachuk. When Will needed him. When Will needed him to be Matthew Kachuk, he was not Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where it comes down to. I think if you look at, if you look at Matt, what Matthew Kachuk can bring to the team, He's a hundred point player. He's an absolute pest to play against. Like mm-hmm. he's essentially, this is a comparison I, I think is fair. I, I'm not saying they're stature wise are the same, but uh, Matthew Kachuk and Brad Marchand are like quite, especially Brad Marchand recently where he's taken in the last few years, he's taken this next step. I think they play in a similar manner. They can score and they're absolute rat bastards to play against. I would and argue it, that that Matthew needs to take a different path. When Marshan, as he's gotten older, has been less of a rat, I think Matthew needs to become more of one again. A hundred percent. And during the regular season, he was able to do 
both at the best of his ability that got him a hundred points. So it's yeah, he, in the wild to do that. Right. And so I think absolutely he can get more than a point. I think he's worth more than a point too. It's a matter of when it actually comes down to it, is he going to be Matthew Kachuk? Yeah. I wonder if he looks at uh like a Kucherov number. 9.5. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously he's not Kucherov, but. He could say, ah, oh, that deals a couple of years ago when he's it's off because of the floor of the tax and all of that. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the nines. I just that's a feeling I have, but or maybe he just says, I I would you know Matthew's gonna want more than his brother, so he can rub it in his face, obviously. Which right. I if I'm that's it would be it would be pretty good. It would be pretty good. <laughs> um they also again they have a the flames have a good bit of roster toner turnover too when you just screw up. You look at it. Um, obviously, they don't have their first round pick uh, this year because they traded Tyler for for Tyler Toffoli, but luckily they have him for some term. He's uh, two years away. Cap friendly has rolled over, so uh, yeah, he'll be a free agent in twenty four. Let's go, not uh, twenty five as I thought for a second. Backlund's coming back. They have Lucic for another year. Uh, Coleman will be back. Lindholm back. Toffoli obviously. Dylan Dubé, who was on that World Junior team. I, well, I think he was the captain. Um, and then Majapani RFA, Kachuk RFA, UFAs, Ryan Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, Callie mm, Yarncoke, who they gave up a lot. Not a lot, but they gave up some picks for uh, Trevor Lewis and Brett Ritchie. That's, yeah, the Flames only have a second and a fifth and a seventh this year. They have a, they've scattered their picks a lot. Like in the next two years, they, they don't have their first and they have, don't have like, a pair of thirds, and then like in 23, 24, they're missing some fifths and like some sevens and that. So, and then on defense, uh, Shillington's up, good Branson is up, uh, Stone is up, Zadora is Zor- Zadora is off. Um, but Shillington does have arbitration rights and he is an RFA, and also uh, Dan Vladar is RFA. Next uh, Arbrights. I don't know if you can. Oh God, yeah, I'm looking. It rolled over. Okay. Rolled over. But everyone before that applies yeah. the same. Yeah. Um. The one thing I think, I guess, if you if we're looking next year for the Flames, is that I'd say they got three decent guys playing down the middle. You got, hold on, one more thing. Monahan yeah. is a UFA. No, he's a UFA next year. Next year. Oh, I yeah. hate the Catherine. rollover. The rollover. The rollover. That that was my point. So you got Lindholm. Okay. Backland and Monahan. Unless he gets bought out. Unless he gets bought out a hundred percent. Again, like, I don't think, I think we know how important uh, center depth is. I'll uh, go look at the golden Knights and what they've been trying to do for the last few years and trying to fix their center depth. So for them to start off the bat with those three guys, I don't think is the worst thing in the world. What's next for St. Louis? Because Ooh. Bennington lost a job in the regular season, gets hurt. Five years remaining. No trade clause, by the way. Vili Huso is a UFA. Um, beside that, Mikola is up. Perunovic is up. Both RFAs. Nick Letty, of course, the rental is up. Callie Rosen is out. And uh, I don't think you bring him back after he ended Bennington's season. Um, Perron, I did not know, is up. That's interesting. Um, Tyler Bozak is up, who, of course, won game five for them. Good for Bozak, which was a really weak goal, by the way, anyway. Um, and besides that, everyone else is coming back. But I think that big question is in net. Is it Bennington? Or is, is it, it Husa? Okay. That, that's, yes. That's, I did. 
Hmm, that's a good question. Because Huso was not amazing in the playoffs. He was not amazing in, in, in the playoffs. No, obviously. Ooh. Well, here's the thing. So Jordan Bennington has a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. So which doesn't help. Which doesn't help. It's a uh and it's a full no trade clause. So if he doesn't want to go there, he's not going. Mm-hmm. Right. And I and I think obviously that's your your biggest barrier. And I know a few people were linking him. Do you have news? No, but I oh, think I know I, where he could go. Like I, I think a few people are linking him to Edmonton. Right. I don't know if that's the name you were saying that He'd we're fit thinking. In. He he would he would fit in. He'd fit right in in Alberta. Uh, why why is that? Oh we, come on, Ali. I mean those tweets tell a certain story, don't they? <laughs> Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah oh, okay. Yeah. Where do you think? Yeah. Where, okay. Where do you think he was? Where do you think? He well, was? who needs a goaltender and mm. who uh, a cup-winning goaltender to get them over the hump? Don't even suggest Toronto it. Maple- I don't even no, want, no, I don't even no. want him. Stop. I don't want that. The Philadelphia Flyers to give Carter Hart some real competition. No, don't, don't do that, Philly. Please don't. Is there? Uh, okay. Can I ask this question though? But that, I don't know because you, you said the never mind because you brought up the trade projection, right? Can, Maybe he doesn't want to go there. Is it at any way possible that they just bring both back? Nah. Bennington doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's just going to sit down and be like, yeah, I'll share the net. Um, I would that's say that's the way uh, of the goalie, though. Is what that about Washington? A, yeah, I, you need someone other than. I don't know. I'm I'm not convinced that like both. I'm con- not convinced that one of them is gone next year. Like, he, I, how about this then? Here's what I'll throw at you. Okay. Can they afford to pay Huso the way a team can in free agency and afford to keep two goalies making a lot of money? Because don't forget they traded Jake Allen, who was making four something, which was funny to me. I remember being like, "What are you doing, honey?" Oh. <laughs> Thank you for him, by the way. We love Okay, him. so they have $9.7 million in cap space. And they've also, got to re-up some defensemen. And David they got to re-up some defensemen. But what we're not talking about is, and and maybe I've completely missed it if, if, if it's been rescinded, but Vlad Tarasenko. Yes, that's a good is one. Is he still want to be traded or is he willing to stay in St. Louis? Because I think, I think to me, a lot rides on that. If he's staying in St. Louis, then yes, there are some moves that are probably going to have to be made um, this offseason. But if he's willing to leave, if he still wants to leave and you trade him, you're opening up some some options here. Now, you're not going to obviously just offload $7.5 million. Money is going to have to come back. But what you can bring back are pieces that you need. Um, so I, I don't think it's necessarily set in stone that one of Bennington or Huso are gone. That's just me. Here's You know what's funny about Tarasenko? Points-wise, he had a career year. He did. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really funny. Um, I wonder if that relationship's been fixed. Uh uh, it, it is a it is a very good question. That's an answer you need because yeah, seven point five can get you a lot of room. But then the question is, if they lose him, 
and let's say Perron goes, a lot of cap space, but who like who fills their production? Because like, listen, you have Thomas and Cairo. They're their own thing, but what made St. Louis so special that year was their sort of forward depth. So that's that's what I wonder is can you replace both those guys' production internally? It's not a great situation they're in right now. And do you know what contract I look at? I'm like, man, did you really need to sign Scandella to that contract? 3.2. You could probably move him, but I think you might have to give something up. Like Arizona, how Mike? I don't know if he has any. Uh, he has a seven-team but... no trade list. Oh yeah, no, sorry, Arizona. Never mind. But yeah. that's uh, that's um, it's never the big guys you pay; it's the middle guys. And Scandal is a middle guy. Oh, okay. And here's another question: I think we 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 have to ask. So I, yep. I don't want to elongate this conversation on the San Luis Blues, but no worries. Yeah, yeah. What does the what does a Vili Huso contract look like? That's a very Mo- good like money wise three four point five million maybe or five. I know that seems kind of weird, but I'm thinking of the Cal Peterson comparable, which I believe was four point five maybe five. There's there's I don't know if St. Louis would do it, but I reckon there's a team dumb enough. Maybe it's Edmonton. <laughs> I, I just uh listen. I wonder how if a team will look at it and think, hey, it was the Colorado Avalanche. Maybe it'd be different for us. Or maybe it's around the three range. I doubt he takes because he is he is the UFA, right? So it's not like it's uh, who am I thinking of a young goaltender? Uh, I like because it's not like you're buying UFA years. These are the the prime years now. You're gonna have to pay. It's a tough one because I think again, like that's that's a deciding factor. Can you keep, if the number is at $3 million, hypothetically, like you, you, you mentioned there, why can't you keep both of them? But now if we're entering the four and a half, five million dollar $5 million range, different. then I think it's different. Like, I think that's, that's a little too Uso, much money. He picked a hell of a time to have a career here, didn't he? He very much did. Like, geez Louise, man. I love it. Uh, and Pennington chose a perfect time to help him get paid. Uh, I don't, it's, it's funny, man. We'll see what happens in St. Louis, though. A lot of questions there, but uh, maybe they take a step back next year. Who knows? And if they're not good enough next year, you mentioned Tarasenko. Wouldn't be surprised if they traded him, given the old Shattenkirk treatment. Yeah. At the deadline? Because Armstrong's done it before, right? Can I ask you this question, too, since we're there? Sure. You know who also up? Jeff, they're cap friendly up? I closed it. Okay, so you might know who also is up next year. For St. Louis? Yeah. Is O'Reilly? Yeah. Oh, oh that's a, okay. I don't think you can afford to keep the, the both goalies anyway because that's a lot of money. Oh, that's a lot of money. He's going to get a lot of money. That's, that's How much does he make now? Like seven? Seven and a half. Well, he's getting more money than that. You get more money than that. That's that's tough. We could have that. It could be a very interesting trade deadline next year. Oh yeah. You I wait. Like oh my god. They have a next off season actually might be brutal. Because so Vlad and O'Reilly are up. Yeah, tough. Plus Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas are also up. Yeah, I wonder where that money's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So Huso's gone. Huso or Bennington are, are gone. 
Like hundred percent. I didn't goodbye. even notice Sayonara. that. You know what? Scrap the last like seven minutes worth yeah, of conversation. They're they're, That's well, someone's gone. That is extremely tough. Oh, oh man, the cap God. needs to go up really badly. Holy crap! Yeah, you know no, who someone's all, gone. You know who we're all waiting for? The moment July first opens, or whenever the date is, I don't remember if it actually is this year. McKinnon extension eligible. I'm interested to see if that man takes discount like you said he would. That's true. Takes a Are we going to talk about that for 12 months, though? Can we do that? No, let's of course just, not. Let's I just start talking about it. Right. Can we just do that right now? I'm surprised we haven't already been talking about it. Why is the conversation so quiet? Ah, uh, Because he plays in Colorado. Okay, well, let's start the conversation. Okay. <laughs> I'm just well, joking. I'm just we'll joking. do that later. Okay. No, we, I don't um, want to do that. So, yeah, McKinnon McDavid is going to be oh. gross, by the way. Just say that. They're going to so much fun. Uh, okay. Rangers have forced game seven. So the, the Hurricanes, I think, are the first team in postseason history. Let me see. I think I think I hyperlinked it here. I could be wrong. Oh, no, this is the JFresh comparable. Uh, let me double check. I have some screenshots right here. I just want to double check that I have it right. Um, the Hurricanes have lost six straight road games this postseason or are yet to hold the lead. Yeah, no, that wasn't it. I had something that was like they're the first team in – in like NHL history to have like this stretch of road games and not win any of them. Like some of the advanced numbers are just like, I see them and it's like, like from Jay fresh. Let me see if I can just quickly, I won't screen share because it's just, it's just numbers. They're just like <laughs> go to gross. Um, but check them out here. And it's just basically everything is on the negative. Apparently except Jacob Slavin, apparently he's been better on the road, which is like, how, um, but they are just com- last change. Isn't that effective? What's happening? I seriously cannot understand why the Rangers, sorry, why the Hurricanes are so bad on the road. So this way, they have to hope that Colorado lose. Otherwise, they're losing in, in like six. Otherwise, in otherwise maybe final? they just keep trading, but they have to be the higher seed and they're just going to win well, everything in seven. Okay. It's okay. They won't, they won't beat the Lightning if they get there. So, Do you think they're going to beat the Rangers in seven? Um, I'm not wholly convinced. Let me just get a timestamp to send this to Mike because he's uh, already going to do it himself. I'm not convinced that the Hurricanes beat the Rangers, to be honest. Really? Is that no. Shesterkin going hard or what? Okay, so what's been the, the like, if you look back at that first series against the Penguins, at the end, um, we saw Shesterkin fall off a little bit just yeah. because it looked like he was tired. Is yeah. that the case here? No. What can steal you a series and a game? Uh, a goaltender. A goaltender. Who 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 can uh, listen? Listen. If we here's what's funny is the last two years we've had two teams make it to the Cup final that are flawed teams, but they both had goaltenders going on absolute heaters. Uh, Price was a bit different because it's Carey Price, but then you had um, why can't I remember his Kudobin, who instantly turned to dust. But was on this miracle run, right? Yeah. The thing is, the, the Rangers have a more impressive core in team than both the Canadians of last year and the stars of the bubble. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, guarantee win seven or they're going to guarantee beat whoever they play. So I mean, it's just Tampa or Edmonton or, or Colorado. But like, if the Rangers get there, the thing is, I, I, like, their top guys have been kind of streaky here. And well, not even streaky. We're, we're, you can't really be streaky in the playoffs. It's just been like flashing. And like Panarin, I need more from. Zabanajad, I need more from. You know what I mean? 
Like that's like at least to me, if they're gonna win Game Seven, that's what they need. Like Cop and Vitrano cannot keep being your like pushing the bus here, guys. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. And I think if you look at what the best teams do, you know, yes, Nick Paul won Tampa Bay the first series against the Leafs, but I think for the most part, I just think thought the top guys were the top guys and the same against Florida. Yeah. They had no Braden point. They had no Braden point and wiped the floor with the Panthers. (laughs) They did. They did. Uh, Like, uh, listen, I'm sorry. It's not about the lightning. It's, it's about the rate. I think, I don't know if the Rangers will all about Tampa Bay. (laughs) I don't know if the Rangers are going to win, but I'm not going to easily count them out because I I'm dumbfounded first off by the hurricanes, not being able to win on the road. That makes that's mind boggling, but I think you have like, I don't know. They beat them five, two. You know, what's funny about that game too. Shusterkin had two assists. When was the last time you saw a goaltender have two points? How? I That's insane know. to me. He has more points than Cock and Emmy does, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, Cock and Emmy has a single assist. That's embarrassing. Yeah, but now he'll get the game winner in game seven because he's good in the playoffs. Hasn't been in this playoff, but he will. Watch. Fair. I just I, listen. The Canes I, have a chance because game seven's in Carolina, right? 100%. That's the big thing. But I think the both, both of us know best. A goaltender can absolutely steal you a game. Listen, McDavid and the Oilers broke their curse. The Avs have done the same. Now we got to see if if Carolina can get over their hump. Okay, who do you think is going to win? I just, I just think it has to be the Canes. I just look at again. They're time mark this. Uh, I think time it's the Canes. <laughs> Listen, okay. the Rangers wouldn't surprise me if they won because they just have some magic around them. Yeah. But the but like the Canes just it is the year of breaking the curse, unless you're the Leafs. Sorry, unless you're the Leafs, um, unless you're the Leafs because it's never it's just not allowed. Um, but <laughs> it just feels like as long as they're at home, I always think they have the chance to win. By the way, God help the Canes if they if they win, play care um the play Tampa because you know Tampa are going to steal at least one game at home, and if you. If, if you falter on the road versus the Lightning, you're just not going to win. Oh, you're going to get eaten up alive. Like Vasilevsky, well, it won't be difficult for him. won't be difficult for him. So, listen, they, they got to figure this out. Because if they lose to the Rangers, there has to be changes. I refuse to get off of this. Okay, let, let's, not have, let's not get too far ahead. Of, I, I agree. I agree. Yep. But let's have that conversation when they lose. I don't uh, think – I, I think I, – I don't know, man. So uh, Jeff Merrick last night on the Hockey Night also said that apparently Andrew Kopp has gotten himself into the Zach Hyman, Phil Deneau contract space. Good for him. I thought, okay, no. Like well, about 5.5-ish, <laughs> six, seven years. I was like, listen, listen, we can't, like the Blake Coleman space. I think we need to be careful about who's getting these D. De- I like Kopp, good player. But let's just sort of, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but like, we're going to hit another Matt Bolesky contract soon. Let's just be careful with it, is all I'm saying. You, I I agree. He, you could but say he's he been the been, best Ranger since he, the deadline. He has been 
he has 18 points in 16 games in the regular season, eight goals, 10 assists. And in the playoffs, he has 10, five goals, 10 points in 13 games. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he like, I don't know if he's going to get that contract, but if I'm the Rangers and I think Mike would agree with this too, I would look at what it takes to bring him back. I think he's been from day one. I think he's been quite effective on, on that team. And I'd be interested to know what uh, interested to hear what Mike thinks on where he fits on that lineup. Not that he's like, is he your second line? Is he a second line center? I think is, is a question that I'd be interested to hear his answer or else we're having the same. Cause if he's not, and you resign him, then we're having the same conversation we've had for the last, I don't know, two, three years about Ryan yeah, Strom. If Strom's gone. How do you replace that? Like, is he going to be a better option than like a Shifley or something? Cause like, cause here's the problem too, is you got Truba at $8 million mm-hmm. Fox at 9.5. Mm-hmm. You've got middle guys like Barkley, Goudreau, and he was a 3.5. You got to be careful about who you give the money to. And if he can be a second line center proper, then he's worth the money. But if not, you're going to have an anchor of a deal on him. Like someone would take it back, like take it from you. But I feel like you might have to, in this cap world that we're in right now, I have a feeling it's not going to be easy to move if he can't properly be that player. 100%. Like credit to him, bet on himself in Winnipeg. For sure. And uh, look at where we are. Continues to be what a mess of a year in Winnipeg, by the way. Brutal. Um, yeah. Okay. Jason Spezza has retired. What is it? Yes. 10 points shy of a thousand? Five. That's a uh, five? Oh, Jason. I think uh, so. Immediately, we'll start being the advisor to the GM, Kyle Dubas. Uh we all knew this was going to happen as in like the moment he retired the organization, we're going to bring him in. It's nice that he'll be around. And it was also nice that the Sens PR account tweeted out that congrats to Jason Spezza. Cause let us never forget the man made his name in Ottawa. Um, so I just wanted to say uh, yeah. it, was, it was good that they did that. I hope also they can consider that relationship. Considering. Yeah. I was going to say considering the ending there. Yeah, exactly. Like with all their star players. Oh, goodness gracious. By the way, shout out to Thomas Shabbat taking that penalty that cost Canada the game today, the gold medal. Uh, it's always a sign, isn't it? Uh, I wonder if that's the second gold medal that Shabbat's gotten because I think the world junior team, he was under Dom Ducharme, they were they were silver. Anyway, what, what am I doing here? Uh, Jason Spezza, how do you feel about yeah. the news? Um, I'm not necessarily surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the fact that he retired, I just this year compared to uh, the last two years, I think the Leafs just had other options that, frankly, were better, um, and needed the ice time. And I, I think that was the the right decision. I think what he what he brought most to this team wasn't necessarily always on the ice. I thought a lot of it was and, and we saw it after game. Oh my God, what game was it? I try not to think about this. Was it game six? He had the speech. I think five? so. Was it or was it I think it was five. Okay. Was game it like five, the first he, intermission of game five? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It was the first intermission of game five. He had that speech in the locker room. And I think with that, for me, that moment defined what Jason Spezza 
um, was to the Leafs in terms of, yes, I so think the fight again in the Blue Jackets. The fight against the Blue Jackets, the only one who looked like he cared in Game Seven against Montreal. Um, Love it. I listen. Obviously, he's an Ottawa Senator, but I, I, what he brought to this team when he was playing was what I wish every single player on this team brought when they were playing. And I think we've slowly started to see that. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you up. I think we've slowly started to see that in some of the guys. And I wonder how much of an influence um, he's been similar to go look at his contract was massive, but go look at the impact that Patrick Marlowe had on Matthews and Marner at the very beginning of their career. I wonder if if Jason Spezza added on uh, to what Patrick Marlowe, I think, gave them. I bet he could be a pretty good recruiter to, recruiter as well. Oh, pretty guy, seems to love the city. Take though they took those league men contracts. Um, because you mentioned that Hab series, I just wanted to mention. Do you know what a year ago today was? I I don't know. Yes, Barry Kakanemi scoring in Game Six to send it to seven. I was at that game. Never forget. That's it awesome. was great. Sorry, I had to. No, no, it's fine. I had to. I, I just which don't means know, in, I don't know what you want me to say. Which in, in two or three days is the anniversary of Game 7. God, I'll never forget. Next month is going to be really I. sad for Habs fans because it's just going to be the anniversary of all the big goals. It's just going to be uh, it's going to be sad. And uh, in Game 5 against Tampa, Shea Weber's last game. I want to mention future and net with you, but I wanted to have uh, Daniel here to talk about it, so maybe we can hold off. Well, um, I can tell you, Peter Morazic probably won't be a part of it. Yeah, End what was that thing? There was a report saying they wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah, I wonder. If, yeah, I said I'm assuming we both got that from the same source. Oh yeah, yeah. Mike sending stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I love when he sends the same Punk Empire, uh, Puck Empire Instagram thing, and it's <sighs> send me the one post. Don't this like play <laughs> the slides. Have you told him that? Damn it! What? Have you told him that? I did, and he said oh, okay. I'm doing it to annoy you, and I'm like, great. Friend, I guess he's doing that to annoy me too. That's fine. I can look at yeah, Oh, it. 100%. Um, the Habs also reported on the headlines last night by Jeff Merrick. Uh, the Habs are going to be meeting with Shane Wright tomorrow because this started the NHL draft combine. Uh, so I'll be interesting. Apparently, the Devils are flying him and some other prospects out to speak with them. Cool. Uh, they better draft Shane Wright. I would draft coolly ahead of Slavkovsky. I would draft one of the D ahead of Slavkovsky. I'm so against this guy now because of Grant McCag. It's all Grant's fault. It is. <laughs> I can't do it. People were like, ah, Slavkovsky, great end to his tour. And people said, Shane Wright, too. He's like, you didn't watch the game. You didn't watch the game. What were you watching? Goose. You, you, you silly like, goose. He's so bad. Oh, Arpin Basu has an actual article actually talking about Shane Wright, and he watched all of his playoff games. Yeah. Again, Scott Wheeler also had some great stuff. And I trust Scott Wheeler's prospect evaluation a lot more. Yeah, ah. but was Scott Wheeler a former scout? No, but, but still. <laughs> also, I, he, he doesn't talk to n- multiple current NHL scouts. What do you mean NHL scouts? Are they pro scouts that just go and watch NHL players? Because those are much different than watching teenagers <laughs> who are not complete products. And forget these scouts. If you have a scout that doesn't think she writes a top three player, that is a bad scout. Get out of here. Oh, I hate it so much. Anyway, we're, again, we're going to have the, the discussion closer to the draft. We're waiting for it.
Kenobi time, Alex. Kenobi. First off, have you seen this? Uh, so Star Wars Celebration was a few days ago. Harrison Ford was there, which was funny because it's like, why? Because he hates <laughs> Star Wars. It was it was to announce a new Indiana Jones movie. So, of course. Of course. But we've had like Indiana Star Jones Wars movie. news, right? Yeah. I, I mentioned Gunji that he's alive, right? You did mention that. Bad Batch Season 2 confirmed. Mandalorian Season 3. More info on the Ahsoka series. What was it? The, the Jedi Tales thing I sent you? It's going to be like um, an anthology yes, series? Yes. Ahsoka is going to be part of it. A young Dooku with his Padawan, Qui-Gon. If anyone didn't know that, yeah, Qui-Gon was, 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 was Dooku's freaking Padawan. Yes, that's a thing. So, uh, sorry, I just got to nerd out for some Star Wars because you know Go I'm ahead. a massive Star Wars guy, right? Go ahead. The family tree is funny. Yoda obviously was the master of Dooku. Dooku, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon, Kenobi, Kenobi, Anakin, Anakin, Ahsoka. It's a very awesome family tree, if you think about it. Okay. And yeah, Gunji's alive. I'm so happy. So happy that Gunji's alive. I Seriously, I was so worried he was dead. So worried that that, that little, that little Wookiee was dead. Okay, the first two episodes of Kenobi, what'd you think? Um, I really like them. Can That's I? A, wait, wait, hold on. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Episode yeah. one a, and two of Kenobi. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's put it like this. If you're at this point in the podcast and have not watched the first two episodes of Kenobi, you Dude. you are more than welcome to turn us off because uh, I think we don't have any other hockey news. How about if you just haven't watched it? What are you doing? Yeah, that too. That too. Come back. Um, what are you doing with your lives? If I, Okay, so I actually, I only had one um, issue with the with the both episodes and it's like really picky okay if i'm being honest okay i just felt a little underwhelmed by the order 66 opening scene i i was okay with it i just wanted a little more it feels like it's they were going to come back to it right okay and if they're going to come back to it then then i don't care but like then this comment's irrelevant but like the way they portrayed it in the Clone Wars, the way they portrayed it, even in uh, Fallen Order. I know you've played Fallen Order, right? Oh, what? It, it was heartbreaking. Right. And like, I yeah. think it was just so like powerful. And this one just felt so like it, it wasn't the same way, right? The same way they did it in Revenge of the Sith, the same way they did yes. it in the Clone Wars, the same way they did it in um, Fallen Order. It just felt a little underwhelming, but that's literally my only complaint, to be honest. Here's why I can guarantee that I'm going to look like an idiot if I'm wrong here, why they're going to come back to it. Those young wings got away way too easily, which is okay. So do you know what the inquisitors are? I'm not entirely sure what the inquisitors are. Okay. So obviously they're the bad guys. First off, yes. double bladed lightsaber. Yeah. Spin. The spinning thing is kind of dumb. We all acknowledge that. So, in the ext- there's a Vader comic from like 2018 or 16, I think, that actually explains what the Inquisitors were. So they're mostly fallen Jedi, right, who were turned to the dark side. And they actually work directly under Vader. It's like Vader, the Grand Inquisitor, and then the, um, and then the Inquisitors themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm thinking. Reva, is it Reva? I was getting it mixed up. Yeah, Reva. So, Reva. I am convinced Reva's one of the Padawans who got away. I haven't rewatched it to see if there is a black child in the scene to make sure it is her, but I am convinced they're going to go back to it because they, those kids got away way too easily. 
Like right. the, the clones are going to be watching the front door. Like it's the 501st. <laughs> They're going to be thorough about this. Like we're still wondering, like how did Grogu get out in the Mandalorian? I need to know that. I haven't like, seen the Mandalorian. So that, okay. So anyway, okay. But I'll watch it eventually. Like, you know, you have to. It's so good. Anyway, watch the first two seasons, watch Book of Boba Fett, and then watch season eight when it comes out. You'll understand. Okay. So, I'm convinced that she is, right? She okay. had to be one of those younglings because they have to come back to that because it was too quick, like too, there was something off there. I think Reva's going to get killed by Vader too because it is, whenever someone mentions Anakin to Vader, he kills them. So the fact that she knows who he is is a massive red flag to me because it's it's very secret with Anakin. There's this other comic where, where Jocasta Nude, like the librarian Jedi, calls him Anakin as he's Vader to like these clones and he kills them because he's like, you can't know who I am. So there's, right. I'm interesting to see her origin too. Yeah, that was quite interesting. And I like that my first thought was like, okay, so how does she know um, who he is? All right. And I, I'm, I really hope, obviously, I'm sure they're going to go down that path, but like, I want to know like right now. Can they just release the entire series like now? There was that mention of looking through the archives, like what archives, like the one on like the not even just like Anakin's death, because I'm pretty sure, at least in the extended universe, Anakin's death is well known to the public. Obviously, people don't know he's Vader, but like Anakin is known as like a big hero, right? Mm -hmm. Like both in the Jedi and to the people, they make a big point of, again, another extended universe thing. Like, if you look at Republic propaganda, Anakin's at the front of it for obvious reasons. Like, it's all part of the Palpatine plan. So, I wonder if it's going to be a thing of Obi-Wan saves her, turns her to the light side, and Jedi Fallen Order spoilers. Like what happens with the Ninth Sister, Vader's like, you failed me, and then he kills her. That's what I wonder is going to happen. By the way, I'm fascinated to see what they do with Vader's voice. Yeah, actually, I, I was having that conversation today. What do you think they do? I, I, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like they can use Hayden Christensen's voice and kind of do what they did mm-hmm. with. Um, oh, my God. It's, it's pissing me off. I don't remember his name. They do it with Grievous. They do like he the guy does his voice and they modulate it. Yeah. Mod, yeah. They can do that. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's happening because they did have him there. I don't know if he's going to be in every episode, but they did have him on set. There was like pictures and, and everything there. Right. I, it would, I wouldn't put it past them to, to do something like that. And I think it would work quite well. And, and did you mean what they originally do with James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. So did you know that episode? So when Obi-Wan arrives on, I forget what planet is it Onderon? I, th- I can't remember. I think it's Onderon, the planet where he goes to rescue Leia. Um, okay. Did you know the, the girl he talks to that he gets is the his, drugs from? Is his daughter? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah, no, neat. I, I saw that on TikTok. I thought that was quite cool. Also, you know what else I saw on TikTok? What? Um, so you know the the fighter that he gives to to Luke? Yes. And then, and yes. then Uncle Owen's like, "Nah, I don't need this. Get out of here, bro." Dick. By the way, yeah, uh, is the same one I think that, that Luke, Luke has. Yeah, Luke has. Okay, that's adorable. See, remember that episode of Clone Wars? It's the arc when Clovis is like getting close to Padme, and it's like, and there's that scene at the Jedi Temple when Obi Wan's talking to Anakin about it. And Anakin has like this little toy ship he's playing with. 
It was I just, think it's, so. It's a, it's a subtle little thing. that. Uh, okay. I wanted to mention also in that scene, the 501st clone trooper. Yes. I nearly lost it. I thought like Obi-Wan was about to go full PTSD on the same thing. Yeah. He gave him the thing. I, that was another moment where I'm like, I, I love it. This is very good. This is the, that's a subtle, nice little Easter egg. It was, it was. And no, I don't think, I don't know how many people would have noticed that, but they, probably a lot of people. The, the color thing right away was. Like, yeah, it was. <laughs> I didn't clue in on it at first. It took me a bit. Depending on when that clone came into service, he might know Obi-Wan and just not realize it. That's because true. the 501st works so closely with Obi-Wan in that. That's true. So I I'm wondering if they ever bring if they bring Commander Cody back. That's what I'm interested to see. Ooh. He was in the Bad Bat season two trailer. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm in like when where's Rex? Damn, he's where's somewhere. where's Captain? Oh no, he's Commander Rex. He got promoted, didn't he? <laughs> um you love to see it. You love to see it. Um we mentioned Uncle Owen. Yeah. I hate, but I understand him. <laughs> because I, like I get it. He's got the kid, but God, trust Obi-Wan. Come on. Yeah, it's like you get, I guess you obviously you understand from like that line. I thought that was like, wow, I'm like, holy, holy crap. I did not expect him to, to go there when he goes, I must train him. And he goes, like you like, did his father. I'm like, oh. That would like that would hurt me. And I'm like, I'm not even involved. Because the council <laughs> failed Ahsoka, damn it. Watch Clone Wars, Uncle Owen. Yeah, Uncle Owen, watch Clone Wars. Okay. Same with you, Daniel. Watch it. <laughs> Everyone watch it. It's so good. It I is can't... a very good show. I might just watch it tonight. Okay. So, a couple episodes. How much do you know about the Grand Inquisitor, by the way? Uh, not a lot. Okay, so he, funny enough, was a temple guard, and he was present in the uniform for Ahsoka Tano's trial in Clone Wars for really? the bombing of the temple that she was training uh-huh. for, right? Yeah. And you've learned about his backstory in Star Wars Rebels, and he's a big part of that show. Is that a good show? I everyone keep, I, A couple people have told me to watch it, and I just I haven't gotten to it yet. I've but. heard it's mixed, but apparently... There are characters that are from Clone Wars that will appear, and when they are in it, it is the best quality ever. Okay, most importantly, have you watched it? I haven't. Okay, I've seen then I feel like scenes, I don't need to watch it. But I'll, I'll eventually watch it and let okay. you know, but I'll tell you this. The best scenes, that, the ones I have watched, felt like Clone Wars. It's like there, right. there are maybe there are clips where I'm like Alex, don't waste your time watching the whole thing. <laughs> it feels like you need to watch to understand what's happening in Ahsoka. But I will send you scenes that you will get and that will make you cry. Okay, they're really good. Well, anyway, so the Grand Inquisitor is a really big part of that show, right? Uh huh. Yeah, that's what now, I heard. Rebels happens after Obi Wan, so I don't understand. Is the Grand Inquisitor dead? Because he shouldn't be. Hmm. That's a that's uh, that that's the I was like when did it happen I'm like wait a minute that shouldn't be happening right now so sorry you, you sparked something for me there am I like is it not weird that so okay you actually confirm something for me because I'm not sure if it's hundred percent true I read that Kenobi is 10 years before episode four. Apparently, yes. That's what I, apparently. Yes. Is no one going to talk about how much Obi-Wan ages? 
It has been mentioned on Twitter. I have seen Okay, because it. it's a ridiculous amount. Well, Ewan McGregor right now does not look like he's aged no. 10 years, which right. is the, oh, is it 10 or 20 that happens after episode three? Anyway, he, he hasn't aged poorly. You know what I mean? No, and they've also, he doesn't look like that in real life. I think they've put some makeup on to make him look a little older than he looks which in real life. Which is ridiculous. It he is. He still doesn't look is. old. No, he doesn't. Way, so like when he saves Leia, it's like the first time he's used the force since like episode three, right? Right. Is it me or whatever he, if he fights Vader, he's going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> or if he fights one of the, one of the inquisitors, it feels like Obi-Wan's going to get the crap kicked out of him. That's what it feels like. But wouldn't it be the most star Wars storyline ever for him not to get his ass kicked? Wouldn't it feel like the good, especially like it would be the most, it wouldn't even be the most star Wars. It would be the most Kenobi storyline for him to like rise up and defeat whoever he's fighting. I don't know if it was just me, but I'm pretty sure there's this thing with Obi-Wan that he's actually not the greatest like lightsaber duelist, but okay. he's very good at a certain style. And it's like a pure defense type one, like counterattacks and that. That's apparently why in the extended universe, he's always the one they go after Grievous. Like his style is so good against Grievous. So, and I don't know if it was just me, but in the fight scenes he had, it felt like a lot of his great attacks were like counter ones, like grapple, lay you out with a, with a forearm or something. I just, that's what I got. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. No, but. it is Obi-Wan the, uh, the, the Calgary Flames? Why? Well, just, just not a great little bit of offense, but well, alleged defense. Alleged. alleged I don't, there wasn't defense. much defense in that earlier series. <laughs> wasn't much of it there. I'd like Sorry, to I had to make the hockey reference. I think it was good. I okay. think it was good. Um, I just, I, I still, I'm bothered by Riva knowing who Anakin is. It bothers me a lot. Okay. You know, what's really funny. Tell me a few weeks ago, before the show started, I was thinking to myself, you know, we never got it explained to us, or I've never looked into it. Why it is Leia knows Kenobi. If it's just the connection with Leia with a, uh, with Bail Organa. So when I saw Leia show up in the show, I'm kind of like, oh, mm. oh, so this is what we're going to get. Okay. What do you think of kid Leia? Because I kind of love how adorable and like they mentioned that she's like Padme, but I love that you can see Anakin in her as well. Like I love young Leia a lot. There's like this, I because I was watching it with a friend this afternoon or rewatching it with a friend this afternoon. And I said they did a really good job of fitting both of them into her. Mm-hmm. In terms, like in like in her per, in terms of her personality, like you can see the stubbornness um, from a- Anakin, like clearly. Mm-hmm. And I think you can also see the curiosity and the the what's the word I'm looking for here. She also has like some playfulness from Anakin. Yeah, like when yeah. when Obi Wan's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be pretend I'm your dad," and she's like, "Granddad, Granddad. maybe." Yeah, that's the it's- that's Anakin. That's you know, like you know that scene when like you first it's one of the first scenes with Satine when they're on that ship and Anakin's like go save your own, your girlfriend Obi Wan and Obi Wan's like she's not my girlfriend Anakin like it was it was let me make this clear there's Clone Wars Anakin in there Clone Wars Anakin yeah and I and, I, and, and, and I think no no I was gonna say and I think like I texted you after after you had said you watched it. And I'm like, did the second episode, and and this isn't a bad thing. It was just mainly an observation. The second episode felt like two episodes of 
Clone Wars put into one. It did. It just it did. It had that like arc type feeling. And I wonder if that's what we're going to get going forward. I hope so. So it feels like a lot of the footage we've seen is from the trailers. So I'm just, I'm curious to see what the rest of them are going to look like. You know, like him running around the rooftops reminded me of the Clone Wars arc when he fakes his death, which is one of the best ones, by by the way. And there's a bit of, you start seeing Anakin's distress of the council in that arc. Uh, Very good. Very good. Um, But uh, just for people saying that the reference of saying like, you're fierce and that and stubborn. It was not Satine. Why would, because people thought it was Satine, which I can get that, but like, there, you know, when, so, uh, so Leia's like, I'm sorry. And he says, I'm sorry too. That kind of pointed to me. He's like, yeah, sorry, your mom's dead. Yeah. And your dad was kind of responsible for it. Oh, no, broken heart. Sorry, <laughs> George. George, it didn't make <laughs> sense. <laughs> George, come on. I like Anakin, but that didn't make sense, George. Come on. It didn't. It didn't. Not a whole lot of sense, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, no, I surprised people were saying that. Like, I immediately went to Padme. I love it. I love it. Uh, especially Clone Wars Padme. She's great. Uh, two things quickly. Uh, the, the fact that Obi-Wan buried his lightsaber with Anakin's oh. really hit me. Oh. And I want to say this. So I said that I hated that Ray buried Leia and Luke's lightsabers, right? Because I was like, that's Anakin's. Right. And you've just buried it on Tatooine, which he hates. And then people were saying, oh, hey there. People that criticize that scene are being really quiet right now. That wasn't even the worst part of that scene, but we'll so, get to Oh, that. yeah. Obviously not. Um, but the <laughs> difference here is Obi-Wan doesn't have Anakin's body. He thinks he's dead. It's his greatest failure. And what Obi-Wan is doing when he buries his lightsaber is he's putting his life behind him. And it's a way of, at least I interpret it, that he's saying goodbye to Anakin. All right? Right. It isn't this bullcrap, you know, what connection between the Skywalkers that wasn't even through. through She's not a Skywalker. Like, stop it. Listen, I like Rey overall. I just think they ruined her in the third movie. You had it right at the end of Last Jedi when you're like, you're just normal. And then Kathleen Kennedy saying, oh, we were going to make her Obi-Wan's doc. No, no, you don't need to do that. Not everyone's the chosen one. Not everything has to be over the top. But I I did like it. And Kenobi, oh, there's. Oh, that's how you know we've gone. Oh, Okay. Um, Obi-Wan, by the way, uh, uh, whenever he uses that lightsaber, I'm going to cry like a baby. Um. And the ending of episode. Oh my god! The best part for last, Anakin. Dad, yeah. and you see Vader in the back to tank. I literally have goosebumps just thinking about it. So, you know what I love about Vader in the Disney way of 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 of, of uh, Star Wars? What? So, if you watch the original trilogy, and I rewatched Empire Strikes Back last month, Vader isn't scary, but he's imposing. <laughs> the voice, the costume. Disney have made him a monster. Good. Like the Rogue One scene. Yeah, oh my God. That was the best scene. Spoilers for Jedi Fallen Order. The end of Jedi Fallen Order. Oh. When you play that and you start the fight and he doesn't have a health bar, you're like, ah, this isn't going to be fun. No. And then you turn around when you're running away to have a look at Vader and he kills you. You know what? And you are scared in that scene. I want to give a lot. Obviously, that's, that's Respawn Studios, but. I love what Disney has done with Darth Vader. 
because I think you have to be extremely careful with Darth Vader because he's he's bigger than the franchise itself, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most important fictional characters ever. And so far, it's been one scene. They've nailed Vader so far. Nailed it. I love it. Love uh, you it. know, that's like, I'm just super excited because um, I, I, I'm looking way ahead here, but I, I believe they're doing a Vader series, are they not? So I think Christensen said he'd be open to it. Oh, okay. Well, I hope they do one. I think if they do it, they got to be careful. There's they do have to be careful. Adapt, but I think if you listen, I don't care how good the Mandalorian, it's great. Ahsoka, great. If you mess up Vader, then I don't think I can forgive you. <laughs> like that's the one thing you get. You get Dave Filoni, you like, and you let him. You get Bryce Dallas Howard direct it. That's it, okay? I don't trust anyone except Dave Filoni to do it. And John Favreau. And John Favreau, you can be there. Can we you talk can about John. Favreau. No one talks about John. Favreau. I love John Favreau. I'm not gonna. Lie. So, because he plays Happy, doesn't he? In Marvel, he plays Happy, but like he's done some stuff before that. No one talks about it. He he's did. Already, he did uh, a shot Iron Man too. He directed it, I think. Did, did you see that he's already writing season four of The Mandalorian? <laughs> which I'm very excited for. Of course he is. All right, we're gonna talk about episode three. Next Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And then try and get Daniel's thoughts on the series. I bet it's actually not his sister's birthday, but he just hasn't watched Kenobi. And that's why he's stalling. I don't think so. Or, or maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. <laughs> Who knows? We'll have to fact check. Well, I can He does have a sister. We know that. We, yeah, we do. Know Never that. seen her, though. No. We have not. All right. We love Star Wars. We like hockey, too, but like, like Darth Vader. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, sorry, my mic cut out at the end. Alex, remember to just edit yeah. that little bit out at the end. Um, and yeah, next time you see us, Daniel still won't be back because he'll be in Kingston. Um, uh, so we'll talk about, I think the third round since he's supposed to start on Wednesday. So On Wednesday? I think so. I could be wrong no, on that, but hopefully on, it's earlier than that because otherwise uh, we're Tuesday, not going to have a Tuesday, Tuesday. Okay, good. So we're going to have something to talk about because otherwise yeah. it's Let's, game seven fallout and previewing one series. I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. We can also talk about, <laughs> we can also talk about Tuesday night. The Nighthawks play another game. So uh, we could talk about that. I, can, I was going to say, we, you know, we could have talked about more Clone Wars, but I should, have, I should have known better. <laughs> I should have known We could make some calls. Like, and I can get some people on the show. Talk the about the Guelph, no, we'll anyway. talk about the Guelph Nighthawks. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> Company man, top man. Alex, Guelph Nighthawks. All right. We will see you Wednesday.